3: You're about to listen to one of the most inspirational stories and the incredible journey of Dr. Howard Murad, founder of Murad Skincare. You don't want to miss this one. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable in Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey, but I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you, our guest for today, the incredible Dr. Murad. While he needs no introduction, Dr. Murad is internationally recognized for his innovations in the science of skincare. He's board-certified dermatologist, trained pharmacist, author and professor, but he's also the founder of the world-renowned skincare company Murad, the first brand of clinical skincare products setting a new standard for high-performance skincare. I'm beyond excited for this podcast and thank you so much for being here, Dr. Murad. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor. There are so many questions I want to ask you, but we'll just go straight into the most, I think... Basic, but most important one, which is, who is Dr. Murat? Tell us a bit more about you.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's hard for me to to describe exactly me, but, you know, I I go by a couple of terms. One of them is, why have a bad day when you can have a good day? Love that. I always try to have a good day. I turn obstacles into opportunities. Um, I honor myself. Um, I, um, I look at, uh, at, at things in a more positive vein and I'm willing to take risks. Um, and age is not a factor. I started my company when I was 50 years old and I know some people are building their brand starting as teenagers. So whatever your age is, that's, you're never too old or too late for that. Um, I have failed and I have succeeded and I've failed again and succeeded again. So failure is the path to success. success. If you're an entrepreneur, I think um, your chances are going to fail on your way as your journey to your success. And don't let that hold you back. Uh, Those are sort of the ways I look at life and uh, the way my feeling is about Uh, being an entrepreneur and being somebody who is willing to take that risk and honor themselves. Um, The one thing I would give advice if I was going to give to anybody, don't ever try to emulate somebody else. Honor yourself because only you have a certain talent that they don't have. You have to find what that is and really champion that. Otherwise, you will fail if you're just trying to be copying someone else. I could never do what you're doing because you know so much more about what you do than I do. If I try to copy you, I would fail. Um, so I, I have to go with my own path. Um, I guess that's sort of as much as I can tell you about me without specific <laughs> questions. Well,
3: hey, so many nuggets of gold there, but also it's so kind of... I would say, you know, I've asked this question to a lot of people, but I love the fact that you've answered it this way, because it just tells you so much about you. And you've said the thing that resonates the most with me, which is age is nothing, honestly, but a number. It doesn't mean anything when it comes to building brands. You can be, as you said, a teenager. You could be at any stage of your life. It's starting that journey and continuing it. But most importantly is understanding how to address those failures that are bound to happen from day one to the present and how to make them into successful you know, um, opportunities. So I love everything you said. So I think you know, my first kind of main question would be starting, let's say at the beginning of your journey into brand building and your love for skincare, like how did that come around?
1: Well, you know, I'm a dermatologist um, and I have seen over 50,000 different patients in my lifetime. And uh, when people ask me, uh, for example, how many acne patients have you had, I tell them, I have never had an acne patient. They said, you're a dermatologist with no acne patient? I said, absolutely. I have patients who have acne. So my life has always been looking at the whole person, a whole person approach. And it came up with the concept that skincare is healthcare. And people say, what? You're talking about putting on a moisturizer or a sunscreen. How could that be my health care? Well, the fact of life is that what happens to all of us as we age, and there are over 300 different theories of aging, the final common pathway of all of them is that we go from a state of full hydration to less. When you're born, you're about 75% water. As time goes on, you have less and less water. If you ask anybody, is your skin drier today than it was 10 years ago, they'll say, yes, it is. So another way to look at at your skin as it gets drier is it allows damage to penetrate into your skin. So you go out in the sun and get a sunburn, your face gets red, but the damage goes into your bloodstream. And that affects your heart, your liver and everything else. If you've ever had a bad sunburn, you might have a stomach ache, feel tired, lethargic, uh, all kinds of things are happening. So the fact that if you think of skincare as healthcare, if you really took care of your skin, You'd be taking care of your health. And on the reverse, if you had a healthy heart, your skin would look better. If your heart is not so good, your skin would be very pallid. If you had a bad liver, it would be yellow. Yep. So the idea, you have to look at the whole person approach yep. uh, when you do anything. Uh, and that's what I do with, with skin care. Uh, I recommend, obviously, moisturizers, sunscreens, uh, all kinds of agents to help minimize damage from the environment. But beyond that, I tell people to eat your water. We all need to drink water. Uh, But eating your water, when you eat water-rich foods, the water is in the structure. So it's gradually released, and you have all kinds of antioxidants and phytonutrients. You need to exercise because that builds muscle. Muscle is 70% uh, water. I mean, sorry, fat is 70% water. Fat and muscle is mostly uh, water. Yeah. So... Uh, what you're getting is more hydration and finally reducing stress. So it's a combination, and I try to emulate that in all of the products, even though the products is a topical and and supplements, internal skincare. It also is about my philosophy, which I try to tell to everybody.
3: I love that. And I think we're going to touch on a bit later in this podcast about your recent endeavors with modern wellness and cultural stress but i love the fact that you're always talking about this ecosystem and how connected everything is because it's not one size you know fits all it's really the whole bigger picture and i think uh, to see that uh, in everything you're saying is it's so it, i understand now why everything you're doing is so successful but if we start i think you know at the beginning of your your journey as a dermatologist I know you also went on to become a professor, um, I believe at UCLA. Can you talk us a bit about this experience?
1: Well, I um, I was a um, pharmacist before I went to medical school. Okay. As a matter of fact, I worked my way through uh, working as a pharmacist to pay for my way through medical school. I worked nights and weekends uh, as well as going to school at the same time. Um, and, you know, I always like to teach people so, I, I did do that. Um, the interesting thing about my journey is, and I think this is something for every entrepreneur to think about, is not to minimize what you have because of what you had. So, as a pharmacist, as a doctor, as a teacher, as a researcher, I never had experience as a salesperson, as an entrepreneur. I knew when I was working in the early days with alpha hydroxy acids, that that was an excellent product and nobody was really using or very few people were using it. And I began to understand that I actually treated over 10,000 patients with it and saw the miracles that I thought with it compared to other ingredients at that time, way back in the 1980s. And so I said, this is great. My patients love it. I should make it available to everyone else. I had no business experience. I got cheated on my way up and on my way down as a way up again. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I people said, what are you doing? You're a doctor, you shouldn't be selling products. Now doctors sell products all the time. Yeah. Way back in the 1980s, that wasn't happening. And um, I, I learned by my mistakes. Yeah, And one of the mistakes I made was listening to people who I thought knew more than me. Now, I would hire people from big brands, and they say, oh, this person was a VP at X, Y, and Z company, and he must know or she must know much more than me. And they did know more than me, but they didn't know more than me about what I knew Mm -hmm. and what I experienced and my feelings. So as an entrepreneur, my lesson to you would be to listen to yourself before you listen to others honor yourself, honor what you know, even though you might think others know more than you, you kind of know because you're different than everyone else. There are no two people that are exactly the same and you have unique talents that nobody else has. So it's important for you to honor yourself and to listen to yourself as well as to others. I'm not telling you not to listen to those other people because they do have good advice for you, Mm. but- your advice to yourself is probably more important because you're a unique person. I'd say allow the unique you to blossom.
3: I mean, I wish you could be here because I'm actually, on. I have goosebumps all over my, my hands when you're saying this, because it's so, it's so true. And as an entrepreneur, it's something that I needed to, I need to hear more often because there is that balance of, you know, that, that risk and that vulnerability of listening to yourself and feeling like we're not necessarily, um, you know, I'll be making the right decisions, but I think mm-hmm. the most fundamental thing is, is right, wrong. It's a very vague word, but if you're listening to yourself, it's not a right or wrong decision. It's your decision. And that's the most honest Correct. you can be with yourself. Correct. I love that.
1: And you know, um, another way, um, that I tell people, uh, about things, um, I have books yeah, and I have recipes of, things to eat, how to cook different foods in the in the books. It's not the main part, but it's part of it. And I tell people, please don't listen to the recipe. And they say, why are you putting this in your book? And you say, don't put it, why are you telling me to have it in your book and you're not telling me to use it? I say, I want you to be yourself. I want you to look at that recipe and look at all the ingredients and see if there's anything you don't like in that ingredient that you would like a little bit different. And see in that recipe if there's something that you'd like to add, even though you like everything there, but you would add it. So when you make it your own, it becomes yours. And it really is based on your talent, the idea of allowing the unique you to blossom. Um, and, and also, you have to be uh, willing to ignore the naysayers. Yeah. And there are a lot of naysayers from the outside But the most important naysayer is within your head yeah so you have to ignore that naysayer says i can't do it because you know you can if you allow it to happen yeah so it's it's a combination of things really
3: and yeah that inner saboteur that's always you know telling you uh you can't do it or you you know you have to really just power Mm. through that Um, because you've learned, I mean, the way you speak now is obviously so wise because of your vast experiences. And I'm sure also, as you would admit, like, you know, the vast experiences of making mistakes because that's when we grow and learn the most. Absolutely. And sometimes mistakes, but also sometimes things that you can't control, like other people, as you said, either sabotaging you on the journey or letting you down and you putting trust in things. And it's, it's risky, Mm -hmm. but when, when you, before, you know, when you started your journey, What was your mindset then? Because Murad was, you know, was started in 1989. And at that point, I'm I'm assuming that, you know, you didn't have this knowledge. Was it just, uh, what was your mindset like at this time? Well, I had
1: big dreams Um, and um, I I assumed that I could, I didn't realize I couldn't just immediately go from zero to whatever. Yeah. Uh, And I, uh, I, I just was not afraid to fail. I think that's a very other important thing that you have to listen to yourself. Mm. And you have to be willing to expose your accomplishments without fear of rejection. A lot of times I would do something and and people would say, Ah, eh, that's not so good. Why are you doing that? You should be doing this and this and you're doing that and I I said at the end I had to listen to myself. Mm. And I wasn't, I would tell people what I was doing, and I wouldn't care if they said, hey, that's the wrong path. Yeah. Because I listened to myself. I knew that that was the right path for me. Yeah. Uh, so that was very important
3: uh, fact as well. That's very, very important. So when 1989 then came and Murad was born, um, what was the starting point? How did, you know, did you have a, a small team? How did it start?
1: OK, well, it, it started with I, um, I hired a man. And it was very interesting. Um, this man, um, his job was to, hire, to start companies. That was his job. He didn't like to continue with it. He started companies. And so he said, OK, well, first of all, you have to have packaging. So he recommended a, a, a way to do packaging. As a matter of fact, he was the artist and he helped me with the packaging. Then you need to do marketing and he hired a temporary marketing person and a public relations person, um, things like that, that, you know, got me started because I knew nothing. Um, and so uh, along the way, as, as the company grew, I said, gee, this guy's wonderful. You need, please come and help me. And stay with me and don't go with those other people because I want you to come with me. And he he did. He, he let go of his other brand that he was helping, came with me. And what was interesting is that wasn't him because once he was just with me, he was not doing the job. Mm. He'd come in late to work. He was lazy. He'd go to the movies instead of coming to work. And it was like, I had to understand he, you have to, Give, put people where they belong, not where you hope they belong. Exactly. Uh, so that, that was the way. And and then I, I started to do innovative things. Uh, I started initially thinking just because I was a doctor trying to sell to other doctors. And that was a failure. Doctors just didn't want to buy from me. They wanted to make their own products. Yeah. Or not at all. They were not willing to sell products in their office at that time. Um And then I um, tried to sell it to beauty salons and beauty shops, and I was getting very successful and I said, "My gosh, why wouldn't I help with these people? I want to get them more customers and somebody told me about doing an infomercial, and I did an infomercial, the first one I did and I spent a lot of money, a lot of what I had. I borrowed money and i and I made this first infomercial, and it was a total failure. Totally failure. I just, nothing. It sold not even a product. And it was different than what the others had done. And whatever the reason, it was not a success. Um, but it, nobody knew about it. A few years later, I was able to recoup some of my losses and things like that. And I tried again. And this time, it was a huge success. And people were loving the product going in to different, uh, they would buy it directly, but they wanted to buy it elsewhere. And I would send them to the beauty salons to buy the product. And he gave a trade show and a woman came up to me and she was a good customer. She said, Dr. Murad, I'm not going to buy any more of your products. I said, why? What's wrong with them? Don't you like them? I love them. But you know what? The problem with them is people are actually coming in and asking for them. I said, what's wrong with that? They're coming to you to buy. She says, I want to be exclusive. I don't want uh, the whole country to have it. It should be only in beauty salons. You shouldn't have it all over. Um, and so that was a, a, a way of looking at things. And now most people don't look at it that way. They think of selling it all over. Why would you limit your, your sales t- place to only one thing? Mm. Um, so, again, I had the right path. And people were directing me in the in different ways. Oh. the whole thing about it is paying attention to yourself and trusting yourself
3: exactly and it goes back to what you said at the beginning. but one thing I want to actually you, you know what you mentioned, which I find still so hard to comprehend how you did this, is you know the first infomercial wasn 't a success. Most people would be running the other way when you say let 's do a second one, especially after you' just recuperated you know the cost and what made you go for the second one? You know, were you not worried it would happen again? Or were you just like, no, uh, it's the right time this time?
1: Fear of failure leads to failure. So yeah, if you're afraid to fail, then you're not going to try. Yeah. And I guess I, for whatever reason, I had it in me. That's part of being an entrepreneur willing yep. to take risk. Yep. And when you take a risk, you're risking failure. Yeah, always. And so you have to be willing to fail but if you really trust in yourself and believe in yourself, mm-hmm. honor yourself, mm-hmm. you're going to make it happen,
3: hundred percent. And also, I guess you know, learning from those initial failures and you know becoming stronger after it, it leads you to the success in the second round. You know, that's super important.
1: Absolutely, you learn by what you yeah. you run the thing that you did incorrectly. Yeah. Try slightly different ways. Yeah, no, I love that. Absolutely.
3: So, How did you go from, you know, first having someone say to you, potentially we want to be exclusive to now then creating this world renowned, you know, brand that's in most retailers and everywhere?
1: Basically, it's what I was talking about. I believe that that was a better path at that time. And it's proven to be correct. At that point in time, you only sold where you sold everything. So you only sold to department stores. You only sold to barbershops. You only sold to this or that. Uh, And now that's not true. Everything's on Amazon. You just (laughs) don't have to, you know, no matter what. So it's like a totally different uh, mindset today. But I, I kind of, in my mind, thought of it, not that I was the only one. I'm not claiming that. I'm just saying it was something that, to me, it seemed like a normal thing. Why should we limit where we sell the product to only one one area of distribution? 100%. Um, and again, that's, again, listening to yourself, because something I realized or I thought that it would be a good idea. And even though in the beginning it failed, as I believed in myself,
3: I became a correct way to do things. No, and thank God for this, because I'm glad it's so well renowned because... The products are so good. I always say, if people always say this whole, well, do you go big? Do you go international? But I say as, do you want to gift, you know, be able to give these products and have it accessible to people around the world? And the answer is yes. If something's great, you should be inclusive and really allow yourself to be available for people.
1: It's become that way anyway.
3: I mean, even if you
1: think you want to be exclusive, you're going to be at, at the uh, online retailers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever one you go to that, that's what happens and your, your product is available all over. Yeah.
3: How did you feel about the positioning of, you know, Murad being initially, um, you know, it's, it's founded by you, a doctor, um, as you said before, there was a period where doctor kind of led skincare brands weren't really a thing. And now they're becoming very much of, I would say that the, the forefront because there's efficacy there. Did you get a lot of stick initially? And now how was it now?
1: Now I, I, um, I'm becoming more of a, um, a scientist sort of because I'm delving into reasons why we have the problems. Uh, and even though, you wouldn't think that it would be in only skin care. It is kind of in skin care. So I think the worst thing that is happening to our society is what I call cultural stress, which is the stress of modern living, which is constant, pervasive, and ever increasing. It's never going to go away. It's only going to get worse. So what's the difference between cultural stress and other stress? Other stress is a broken arm, a death in the family, You know what happened, you go to the doctor, you get it fixed, you grieve, you take care of it. These are things that come and go. They're not constant. But the constant thing is that we're having more of a sedentary lifestyle and because everything gets done for us. So we don't go to the store anymore because we get everything delivered. And it gets delivered quicker than if we even went to the store to get it. And if we don't like it, we can return it. It's much easier. We're sitting and just letting that happen. And while we're sitting, uh, we're letting Alexa tell us what to do. You know, say, turn off the light, do this again, still sitting. We used to go to the theater, to the movies, go with friends. Now we just sit and binge watch. Yeah. And we're getting hours and hours of binge watching just sitting. And we used to go meet friends. But now because of COVID and things like that, we're not necessarily going to meet friends. But we have these virtual friends that we spend hours with all the time. And all of that leads to that sedentary lifestyle, which leads to chronic disease like diabetes and hypertension and cancer and things like that, but also loneliness, a social isolation and things like that. I recognized that way back in 2003 when I coined the term. Because my patients were coming in and they were not happy. They were not happy with their life. And I didn't understand why. I said, what's wrong? Why are you not happy? I don't know. Traffic is worse. More is expected me. I try to be perfect and I feel like a failure. Um, So things like that, I I didn't quite understand. But I kept on looking and studying it. And now I've done a lot of articles and, and a lot of independent research on it uh to demonstrate um that and it's not that you can do anything about it because that's the way life is yeah. it's how you deal with it it's not the stress it's how you deal with it as long as you understand it then you can deal with it and to me the way you deal with it is by honoring yourself and listening to yourself uh, so uh one of the easiest uh ways that I've done is I I asked a group of people who had stress and I had had them do a stress test, Um, a very small group, about 40 people, 30 people actually. Um, And um, what we did, we asked them to take a stress test, a questionnaire. Uh, And all I asked them to do is to look at 11 of my quotes and some of the quotes I've just told you like, uh, why have a bad day when you can have a good day, dance even though you don't hear the music, uh, different ones like that. Listen to to look at those twice a day and journal, and in one month they were able to do things. Uh, a, the stress test with a questionnaire, absolutely there was statistically significant improvement in. So a test that made a difference. And by the way, I have a D.R. Uh, D. Howard Murad, Dot com. It's my site. You can go on there and get those 11 cards for free. and They, they just uh, get it to you. Um, <clears throat> and look at them twice a day and journal. The journaling helped people change their life. Uh, I guess the best example is one of the uh, ladies who took the test. Um, she had not spoken to her sister for years and years. And as she went through the process of Journaling every day and looking at those positive affirmations every day, it encouraged her to make uh, a contact with her with her sister and and become connected again. So she that helped her reduce her stress and made a big difference in her life. Uh, so I can't tell people just go do yoga, do exercise, do this. All of those are good, but you have to find your own path. And understand it and this is one way that you can do it by journaling and before you journal have positive affirmations yeah. so uh looking at different studies that i've gone through to uh, to listen to understand and um looking at uh even in supplements yeah how we can help you with address some of the stress and things like that so um i, I call that internal skin care
3: i love that it's it's uh, the fact that you've really connected the dots with something that's so universal for everyone, you know, stress is with everyone and it can always come and go. But I think you've also allowed it to be accessibly sort of tackled on and, and you know, you found solutions to make it very easy. I love the fact that it's 11. Um, it's uh, It's, you made it free for people to enjoy and also mm. to, and that's like... So powerful, but I know in the behind the scenes, that takes a lot of studying, a lot of, you know, testing, It isn't as straightforward as just coming up with these, um, these models. So did you, are you still experimenting or working on different ways? Because as you know, there's so many different types of people.
1: Absolutely. Uh, What's interesting, again, to, to say, why should you only do one thing at one time? You know, we still sell a lot of our products through beauty salons uh, and spas. And, um, <clears throat> we've tested this with, uh, several of our good, uh, customers. And we asked them to just, all I asked them to do is to take the blood pressure of every new client that comes in as a consultation and, um, uh, <clears throat> and see what that did for them. Uh, first of all, um, uh, High blood pressure is a silent killer. A lot of people don't even know they have high blood pressure, and it could kill you if you don't they do something about it. Mm. These are not doctors, but anyone can take blood pressure. Very simple. You get this, this sum that you can just put on your wrist and it gets your blood pressure. It's a $20, you can buy it anywhere. Yep. And then they take the questionnaire, the stress test as well. Yep. And then they come back in a month. First of all, it encourages the the customer to come more frequently so it's good business for the salon. Two, they have somebody who now they they know that you care about them because you want to take care of their health. And I think skincare is healthcare anyway. Yeah. And encourage people to come back and increase their business. So we've tested that and we're going to roll that out more to salons who want to do it. It's not a big deal. It's just, you know, a new, new client comes in instead of just Uh, okay go take your facial or do the massage here let's do a blood pressure first show that we care about you here's a way that you can do something that will help you and then there are different ways that you can do it they they encourage their own way to reduce their stress and hopefully come and see them more often
3: now i think it's about it's like it's all about first self-awareness making sure people are aware of it and then you can offer them you can offer everyone can have ways to deal with it, but it's also partly themselves to also figure out and find ways to deal with it because it's also unique and personal and everyone's journey is different. So I think being Mm -hmm. super mindful, listening to yourself, as you said, is, is a starting point, but a lot of people don't do that. They kind of skip that and they go straight to someone else without first addressing themselves, you know?
1: Correct. And, and also, you know, to me, uh, it's, part of selling the skincare because the more people know that you care about them, the more they're likely to come by. So this doesn't sell, I don't sell anything by it. I don't sell a blood pressure cuff. I don't sell anything of that, but the idea of understanding, which I do care. I want my, anybody who uses, you know, my, my dream in life is that I, everybody I touch lives happier, healthier, more fulfilling lives. Yeah. So the more people that use it, anybody just, that would make me more happy than anything. Yeah. So the idea of caring about, you know, who you're dealing with is, is very important. And caring about it is making the best product that you know how to make, just like you. You know, your products are the best that you know how to make. And for your category of people and the people who use your product, you want them to be happy. You want them to to be thrilled with what you're giving them.
3: Definitely. And and as well as you yourself being as a founder, someone who would also use your own product and believe in it, which I think many people forget is you have to also, you know, make sure it's perfect for you as well because it does further Mm -hmm. that journey.
2: Wow.
0: Nice. Yeah.
3: for 20% off your first system. Um, One thing, you know, like recently, um, as you know, there's this whole rise of TikTok and these new generations. And it can be quite overwhelming at times because we're told, you know, by retailers, by um, whoever, you know, they're the new buyers. They're the ones we've got to market to. And and it's true that, you know, their purchasing power, their voice, it's really Mm. taking over. But, You know, it is hard to sometimes, uh, especially as a brand that's so world-renowned and been here since 1989, to keep its core values but still adapt and be agile to the current climate and and Mm -hmm. talk to everyone. How do you do it?
1: Well, you know, I have to believe, you have to tell yourself, don't think of anything as being impossible. So when you were a toddler, before your mother or teacher got a hold of you, if you had coloring paper and crayons you colored all over the paper whereas when you get to be 2 or 3 you limited yourself and you had to you had a box already and people tell you think out of the box so thinking out of the box is just a little but yeah. making believe there is no box making the impossible possible is i think important so don't ever dream of something that you can't do because it's something you can do yeah. we don't know what it will be did you ever hear of tiktok 5 years ago no even 2 years ago maybe you would never heard of it no but before that there were influencers mm-hmm. and nobody ever heard of influencers before that yeah and before that there were you know the editors of glossy magazines yeah. and before that there was Infomercials,
3: and yeah it goes exactly yeah,
1: right so you have to be will- And that's part of an entrepreneur. That's what entrepreneurs do. They bring the impossible and make them possible.
3: hundred percent.
1: That's part of what you do. By the way, um, I'd like to show you something very simple to help you think about you being an entrepreneur and anybody you want to listen to. So if I give you a piece of paper and a pen or pencil mm-hmm. and I give you just 10 seconds to do a, good- a doodle. Uh, so just anything, whatever you want to do, doodle. Yeah, You could do it with 10 other people. But you don't have to do it now. Yeah. But, um, and I can guarantee you, if you do it with 100 different people and you only have 10 seconds without thinking, none of your doodles would be the same. Yeah. Would you agree with that? 100%. Okay. That, to me, says you're, everyone is a unique individual with unique talents. Yeah. And where you did your doodle is where you think your potential is. But the white space all around that paper is where your real potential is. Mm. So a lot of times you think you want to be an engineer, like I thought I wanted to be an engineer when I was in in college. And because I didn't do so well in, in calculus and other math, I went into pharmacy school. And I liked that more. And then I went to medical school. So the idea is at that point, I thought I wanted to be an engineer. I didn't know that I wanted to be a doctor or anything like that. So you each have unique talents and where you think they are, maybe they're somewhere else as well. And so don't limit yourself by what you think you can do because the impossible is
3: possible. I love that. And I also love the fact that you also are kind of mentioning, A, hey, I think everyone should do this exercise at home with your loved ones, with your friends, family. I think it's a very interesting exercise. And I, see, I think, as you said, notice where you're drawing. If someone's drawing just a small little area with all that white space around it, it tells you something about their personality at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's using the whole paper, um, you know, someone's being very specifically intricate or just going freely, it tells you a lot about them in those 10 seconds.
1: Right, exactly, exactly but also for them for themselves to understand that i i tell people each of us has a huge potential if we only knew which where it was
3: Yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> and sometimes you don't know yeah, you know you don't know uh but uh, and find out
3: i think also it's interesting to see people doing it on themselves years or two years or three years or five years apart because you know as you said with you know your, what you like to do at one point changes. I, I actually used to be an engineer for four years, studied electrical, electronic engineering. And then a year later, I worked in corporate world and Dior and Estee Lauder. And now I'm owning a hair care brand like every three years I'm changing, you know. So from coding every day to now talking about hair follicles, it's crazy. OK, <laughs>
1: you never know where your life will lead you. You just allow it to happen.
3: Exactly. You have to
1: allow it to happen.
3: Yeah, it's so important. I love that. And, and, you know, you have such an incredible outlook and breadth of knowledge. Um, what's, like, your best tips of how you stay so mindful? And, you know, as you even said, like, once, you know, you, you're a champion of modern wellness. You, you are the living, you know, you, you are that. And how do you do that in your day?
1: Uh, I wish I could give you a direct answer. <laughs> I just, I can't. Um, it's just that, again, I don't I don't limit. Mm-hmm. You know, my things, because, you know, things are very complicated sometimes and difficult to do. And um, sometimes you have to look at the big picture. Um, and, um, you know, I have a, another saying turn obstacles into opportunities. Sometimes it seems like an obstacle yeah. and then find ways to deal with it. Yeah. And use them day by day.
3: I think that's so important is day by day. And it's a journey. It's, you know, it's not a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's something that you're going to grow and learn. Would you say like to people listening, other entrepreneurs, because a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, you have so many successes because that's what I share on social media. I don't actually share enough of the failures. And recently I've started to share a little bit more of the failures because I want people to feel the balance of the reality, you know? Would you say, Mm -hmm. I would say personally, I've had more failures than successes in life, but my failures are not a bad thing. You know, I'm glad of them.
1: Failure is the path to success. Failure is the path to success. You know, there's nobody that's successful that has not failed.
3: And and there's no one who's successful who's not, who's still to fail. You know, they're still going to fail. And that's the reality. It's, it's... Oh, absolutely. It doesn't stop.
1: There's no, but, and, and you, I... There's nobody that's not failed. And the most successful people are the ones who sometimes have failed the most. Mm. And they learn from their failures and, and went on. Yep. And they weren't afraid to try again.
3: They weren't afraid, exactly. They have to be willing to to, to stick to it. And, you know, this, this last year, I think it's really opened up this conversation a lot and asking yourself these questions. Because people have, you know, during the pandemic have been more alone, more self-aware, self-routines and mindfulness has really increased. Um, How has this last, you know, year and a half been for you? Have you, what have you, you know, what's your view on it?
1: Well, for me personally, um, I I would like to have thought that I would have grown more. And um, I haven't. I feel like, for example, I used to really, um, I have a story about this, um, I up until about fifteen years ago, if somebody said uh, you're an artist, I said that's terrible. I'm not an artist at all. I can't draw a circle. Uh, And then uh, I had an eye challenge. I had a retinal detachment and had to put my chin on my chest for a month, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, you know, go to work. I couldn't shave, and uh, I started doing art. And I've done 600 pieces of art and beautiful, some of them not so beautiful, but I love doing it. And this year I have not done so many. Uh, and I can't tell you why. I have a, a beautiful art studio, I have all kinds of paints and campuses, and I have the time, but somehow it has, this year has not pushed me to do that. Uh, but on the other hand, I've been doing a little bit more of the research on cultural stress yeah. and expanding my horizon uh, with uh, the way I do some of my training uh, and and the lectures and things like that. And, and looking for different research uh, ideas, um, <clears throat> looking at different products and ingredients and putting them together. So it's been um, just an interesting year. It's not, It hasn't gone straight up or straight down. Mm -hmm. It's kind of gone sideways. Some areas have increased and some have decreased. Yeah, Um, but that's what it is.
3: I I love the fact that you're not putting you're saying these just as like kind of statements. It's not pressure, and I think that's so healthy because a lot of people overthink these things and then they you know they ask themselves but why am I not doing this? Why am I? And there's, there's sometimes there's not a reason. Sometimes it's just, it is what it is and that's okay. And that's actually great because um, Mm -hmm. we're not brained and wired to be doing things all the time, the way it's meant to be done. We're human. And I think it's so important to remember that and, and not overthink is the most important thing. I think for most people to, to, understand. I think that will eventually hopefully lead to less stress and less self-doubt because most stress is also self-induced, as I'm sure you know. It's really, Perhaps. yes. And that's, uh, you know, we can definitely, uh, certainly it's, it's something, it's weird because people think it's easier to reduce your, your own inner stress, but it's not. It's easier to actually, you're out of stress. You can walk away, you can get rid of it, mm-hmm. you can mute your phone, you can throw away your phone. But that self-induced stress really takes a little bit of inner searching and inner fixing it's, it's not easy mm-hmm. so i uh, i mean right. I, I'm, I mean i love this whole i, love, I mean a, I love the fact that you've you know trademarked it in cultural stress because it's, it's an amazing amazing kind of words but also the fact that you are really dedicating yourself to understand it further but also educate others in a very um accessible way and i think it's so important because it will really change lives i'm certain of it I hope so. No, I I definitely will. Even me just hearing this is automatically, I I haven't thought about stress since this talk for a long time. And that's, that's sometimes that's bad, you know, because just last week I was very stressed and I actually posted on Saturday that I was a little bit, I was crying, work stress and, you know, this stress and I never really thought about But half of that is just me putting it on myself, you know, and, and I'm the problem. On my own self, and it's very hard to sometimes think like this, but you got to to address it. Um, so moving on, though, um, we are going to wrap up in a bit because uh, I mean we could speak for hours, but I know you have a very busy day, and uh, I really want to make, be mindful of this. But I do have a question regarding like currently your routine, because I think a lot of people are interested in what people do uh, on a daily basis, and what's your like? It's not good to say average routine because there's no the, no single day the same, but uh-huh. what's your normal routine
1: well uh four days a week i have a trainer and we do different exercises every one of those four days is different sometimes it's just a, a long walk uh sometimes it's weight training sometimes it's you know different things so that is four days a week but i don't have a traditional routine of anything uh, every week is different. That's good, yeah. Uh different activities. Uh, like I had the podcast with you this week. I didn't have one last week, yeah. but I might have one the week after. So yeah. uh, I don't I don't have a specific routine. As I say that the only constant is that trainer because have that as a routine. Yeah. I do also um, have a massage at least once a week. That's not always the same day, but uh, usually it's on Tuesdays for whatever reason. I, the person that I like, uh, she comes to my home, and Tuesdays a good day for her and good day for us, my wife and I. So we we both get a massage.
3: I think a lot of people feel like a routine is important. It is, but also being spontaneous and just taking it day by day, as you said earlier on in this podcast, is so important. But I'm like you. I think fitness wise. You do need to put some routine in there. Otherwise, you know, we can get lazy and it, it won't happen. It won't happen. And yeah, I feel you.
1: The three days I have, I don't have a trainer. I usually don't do very much at all. <laughs> me too. I don't, and, we, and I even say, oh, I'm going to do
3: 15, just 15 minutes of something. And yeah. I don't do it. But I am i actually have a personal trainer as well, because um, I just know I'm the kind of person where unless a trainer is waiting for me at this time, I'll delay it. I'll be like, oh, I'll do it oh, now. Right. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And,
1: and I don't do the things. I mean, I could do what he... He has me do with him. I could do it on my own, yeah. and I tell him that. I said, you know, I don't even need you because I know how to do this. When I come in, you do this, and then you do that, yeah. and then you do the other. And he said, well, that's that's how I make my money because people know that they don't do it unless I'm I'm around. But some people have the ability. I mean, everyone's different. Some people are very compulsive and they're going to do it exactly the same yeah i have a friend and he's amazing he's in his late 70s and he bicycles 20 miles every day
0: wow every single day
1: seven
3: days a week Uh, i mean his calves must be um incredible yeah amazing (laughs) wow yeah it's everyone's unique and i think that's the thing is you have to like you get you can get inspired by these people but you can't compare you've got to think about your own your own right body your own journey isn't it and do what's best for you. And for me, it's personal training because I'm lazy. <laughs>
1: and again, allow the unique you to blossom. Yes. Don't look at somebody else because each of us has a unique potential and a unique opportunity mm-hmm. to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilling life. Definitely. It's up to us. 100%. I, I have another word of wisdom that I like magic only happens when you create your own. You know, nobody else can help you do that. It's got to be you. Uh, just like the entrepreneur. Yep. Nobody's going to do what you did, but you can do it. Uh, you have the potential to I do like it that. for yourself.
3: Um, well, we're going to we're gonna wrap it up soon. I have fire round questions, but just before that, I ask every single guest this question because I think it's a very insightful one on products. But um, I'll give you a little anecdote. So flying is opening up, people are traveling, and TSA is... Being a bit tricky, you know, saying you can only take one beauty product from Murad and you have to choose only one. I know it's impossible to choose one, but what is your go-to hero product from, you know, your skincare range? Uh,
1: well, if I only had to do one, I have my SPF 50 sunscreen Yep, uh, because it, it has a blue light con- protection plus uh, all kinds of smoke and cigarette and things like that protection uh along with obviously sun and and also pollution yeah if it's only one thing that would be the the one
3: thing nice i actually take as i said i I said to you before this but like i take these two products with me in my backpack every single day the vita c eyes and the spf 30 essential c um i'm just obsessed and it's well, thank always you. in my thank backpack <laughs> <laughs> i mean i, I get you. scared. i actually buy a few top-ups just because i'm worried they run out so um i love it so much so um yeah i'm glad really you work. like it no thank you um, and now we'll end with some fire run questions um which is sort of like okay. your first thought um what comes in your head so the first is um what's another beauty brand that you love i don't have another one that i love do you, would you say you use your brand, your skincare brand? That's it. No,
1: it's not that I just use mine, but I don't. I don't know if it's being whatever, but I there's not, not another brand that I love.
3: I, I, I get you. Uh, one a previous podcast, someone asked me that question. I actually said the same thing, so I'm exactly the same. Yeah.
1: because you know, if you really loved it, then you would have wanted yeah. to make it yours. Sort of, you know, it's I, like
3: no. I'm with you. You're the only one who said this, but I said the same thing. So actually, I agree. Um, What's a guilty pleasure of yours? Eating pizza. Oh, God, you're going to make me want to have pizza tonight. But yes, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are you currently watching or reading? I You know what? Before
1: bedtime, we always put on something. And it's usually what my wife uh, Watches. <laughs> likes to watch. Yeah. Right now, it's Modern Family. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I love that. We see an episode or two yeah. before we go to bed.
3: I think that's the best. Just like, and I also kind of like, it's nice like background TV shows just to have and keeps you mm-hmm. entertained. Uh, what's your favorite social media platform right now?
1: I, I don't necessarily have one. I don't spend that much time on... I should because, yeah. But I, I'm not. I'm not as involved as I as I could be. I have I have you know people at the company are totally associated with it, yeah. but it's not for me that much.
3: Well, also living with the whole ecosystem, what you're saying, I think. Yeah, it's you don't yeah. need to be on social media all the time. I think there's a stereotype where you know we have to be on social media, but we don't, not at all. Um, and the last question I would say is, if you went into the skincare beauty space, what do you think you would be doing?
1: Well in a way, I'm doing what uh, what I'm doing now is because my focus really has been doing all of this research on what I call modern wellness yeah the difference between modern wellness and old wellness is modern wellness is a rounded uh cultural stress, the stress of modern living, and as we address that, we by by definition address everything else, yeah. So we become healthier in every in every other way once we address it.
3: I love that. It's on that note. I mean, it's such a it's been honestly such an inspiring conversation, and uh, I've taken so many mental notes, and I have a lot of action points to do. And just from the beginning to the end, from the quotes to. Everything you've said, I can't thank you enough, Dr. Murad, really, honestly. Um, Where can everyone find you on, or your brand, on social media, or on the websites? What's the best place?
1: Well, the best place is my site. My personal site is drhowardmurad.com. And I have a post every uh, week. Uh, As a matter of fact, the post uh, every other week, excuse me, twice a month, uh, is telling a little bit of a story about me and... uh, how I became to who I am uh, about my parents and, and uh, things like that. Uh, that's actually, it just came out today. So I don't know if that, when your podcast is going to go forward, but
3: yeah, no, uh, well, I, I'm going to, I'll personally go check it out straight now. And I think everyone should as well, because your journey and is so inspiring. So, yeah.
1: And if you like those 11 cards, they're on there too, plus yeah. all the articles that have been published and things like that. Amazing.
3: No, I think a lot of people, and especially researching all your what you've done on cultural stress, modern wellness, I think is super important right now. So definitely do check out the website. just want to say thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope hopefully we get to meet in person one day soon when we can travel.
1: I hope so, too. Yeah. Congratulations on your product. Thank you. I'm sure it will be very successful.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Just keep up the hard work and uh, trust yourself. Honour yourself allow the unique you to blossom because only you have that specific talent that's going to make you successful I love only that. you no one else
3: no thank you i i will cherish these words thank you so much